And welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. This episode, I should say, I'm your host, as always, Tony Defio. And if you uh, listen to part one on an audio platform, I thank you for that. If you downloaded part two, I thank you for that. If you if you stuck with me live, I thank you for that. Let's see what we're saying in the uh, live chat about Weatherspoon and people like that. Here's one from Buck Dancer. I don't know what this is, and he says. What do you think of WWE Hall of Famer Booker T knocking out that guy at Heinz Field? I didn't know about that. Um, I, I have no opinion about that. I don't know what, what 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 the context of that was, but that's a pretty. I'll have to look that up after after the show. What else we have here from the live chat? Lumberzack joins us. Kathy Ford, Reginald Rivers, Mark Busher, Clarence Washington. Glad you guys could all join me. Sean Manahan. What are our here's one from Steeler Pittsburgh? And they say Jeffrey Benedict will be sad that Mondo, uh, Henry Mondo, the defensive lineman, got waived. And that's true, he got waived in favor of or in order to make room for Witherspoon on the 53 man roster. As of as of right now, I don't know what's gonna happen with him. I assume he'll make it under the practice squad, or if he doesn't get picked up by somebody else. A lot of people were disappointed by that, but if you look at their defensive uh, line, it's probably the, the deepest part of their team. It's maybe the best part of their team. When you're talking about Hayward and Tuit, although Tuit's on the IR now. I'll get more into that in a little bit. Alu uh, uh, Alu and, and all those young guys they just drafted, and, of course, Chris Wormley, the free agent veteran from the Ravens that they acquired last offseason. So it's a pretty deep part of their of their the deepest part of their team, and and uh, if you're gonna cut somebody from somewhere, I I would probably go with the defensive line. And Mondo seemed to be, if you're talking about potential and upside, he seems to have the least amount of upside of all the guys that they have on on as far as their young guys. Anyway, I could be wrong. Obviously, as popular as he is, I know a lot of people are gonna say I'm wrong, but. We'll see what happens with him. Maybe his career is not over yet. A lot of guys bounce between the 53-man roster and the practice squad several times before they finally latch on for good. We've seen it so many times in the past, so perhaps not the end just yet for Henry Mondo. We'll see what happens there. All right. There you go. Uh, Sean Manahan says deeper D-line depth than they had a cornerback, and that's there you go. That's what I just – yeah, that's, that's, that's a great point. And Rob Persico says, what's the latest with Watt's contract? Nobody seems to know. There really isn't much of an update. Uh, what you've been hearing a lot from the insiders and, and, and other people is that it's close. Well, we, we've been hearing that for a while. What's the holdup? I mean, if it, you know, what I'm guessing it's probably guaranteed money, maybe some language of the contract, who knows? But as of now, all we know is what we knew a week ago or two weeks ago, and that's they have not reached the deal yet. And it's basically been radio silence as far as TJ Watt, his side. And you haven't heard much about this from the Steelers side other than the usual, you know, we love TJ Watt, that kind of thing. We want him to be a Steeler for life. I'm not sure if they've actually said that, but I'm sure if they were asked that, that's what they would say. Cause that's why wouldn't they say that? Evan Gullis says, 
about the cornerback situation, about the trade for Witherspoon. I would be more excited if it was for C.J. Henderson, but I am happy with this move. Well, there you go. I mean, he, again, he, he he definitely has some uh, potential. He has some pedigree. Um, you know, the opinions, as they always are, were all over the place when it comes you know, on Friday. If you looked at comments and, and social media, you know, some people say, uh, he's not a physical corner, and if you read the uh, his draft profile, which I did, his NFL.com draft profile, they mentioned the fact that he wasn't necessarily a physical corner, and he doesn't like to tackle. But then other people say he's, he grades out well as a tackler, so who's to say? But we do know he's a pretty decent cover corner, and I think that's the, the number one thing you want from a cornerback is the ability to cover. But again, he's strictly outside. So as far as him, like moving him around and – him being like a slot guy, it doesn't look like that's going to be in his future here or anywhere. So as of now, he's a, he's your, he's a, he's an outside corner. Is he going to start? How's he going to factor in when they, when they move to the sub packages, if he doesn't start, which again, it seems like the conventional wisdom is that Sutton's going to be open up as a starter on in, in base packages and move to the inside when they, when they, uh, slide over when I switch to sub packages. So we'll see how that shakes out. But as far as CJ Henderson, you know, he's younger. He's a, was he a former first round pick? Uh, he'd probably cost a lot more and they've already traded away so many draft picks. Uh, I can't, I couldn't see them trading another first or even a second round pick away uh, to get a CJ Henderson. It's like I've been saying, sometimes you just have to trust in your ability to, to, develop uh your your young guys and you know let's not forget justin lane i realize he hasn't shown a whole heck of a lot over his first two years but he's a third round pick from 2019 who theoretically should be ready to step in and start you know like if you wanted like the thing about the nelson move that that really i guess i have a problem with other than the fact that i mean i realize the financial restraints or constraints that we're under with the, with the cap. But the thing that, that I guess made it more of a problem for me is they, they, they didn't have a, 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 a known uh, plan as far as who would take his place. Um, yeah. Yes. You could say Sutton is that plan, but then who's the slot. Okay. Um, Cause remember when, when Hilton left and Sutton resigned, it was for him to be, play slot so when they moved on from nelson all of a sudden you created uncertainty at two different positions in the secondary so my issue with with the nelson thing was you knew justin lane hadn't developed to the point where you were confident that he can step in and be your corner on the outside whatever package you're talking about whether it's in the base or in a sub package as far as as uh james pierre uh you know, six months ago, people were high on him, but nobody really uh, knew if that was just, you know, fool's gold based on a few plays from last year because you hadn't really seen him play in the preseason. He didn't, there was no preseason last year, which was his rookie year. So you, you had no real viable plan when you moved on from Nelson as far as an outside corner. That's the only problem I had with that. So now when you're, when you're looking at it, um, you know, you, 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 you have maybe more faith in Pierre because 
he's had a training camp in a preseason to to give you more of an idea of what he can do. So, you know, sometimes you just have to trust that you you can find these guys, these undrafted free agents, whether they're strictly undrafted free agents right out of college or street free agents, and develop them into something. So, yeah, it would be nice to get a C.J. Henderson, but you can't always just throw, you know, bring in these high pedigree guys and, 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 and trade away draft picks. Sometimes you just have to, again, develop people. That's what, that's what coaches are, are paid to do. Develop not just first and second and third round picks, uh, not just um, work with high priced free agents that you, that you pick up, but to develop lower round picks and undrafted free agents. So hopefully James Pierre could be that guy. We'll see what happens, but in the meantime, at least you have a, a somewhat of a, of a veteran in, in Weatherspoon to, to, to help. All right. I've rambled, rambled on and on. I have a few more things I want to talk about. I was reading something the other day. I'm going to give him credit. And it's something I really didn't. Um, I didn't um, consider when you're when you're talking about what are they going to do? You know, it's been determined, at least that's what they're saying right now, that when they when they go to nickel, which is as I'm learning, it's uh it's five defensive backs. I don't know why I didn't I mean I kind of knew that already, but it just I just never really bothered to to learn fully what it meant. And that's and you know, obviously you have to you have to remove somebody else from another position to bring in a, a fifth defensive back. And some oftentimes that's a, a defensive lineman. Uh, so, but, but sometimes it's an inside linebacker, but when they go to nickel, it's already been determined because they picked up Joe Schobert and he's a really good cover linebacker. And because they have Devin Bush and he's obviously a great, or he's supposed to be, he's, he's expected to be a great coverage linebacker, hopefully sooner rather than later. He's already shown some ability in that regard. So, uh, they're going to stay on the field. But when they move to when they play dime, who's going to be the uh, the the dime linebacker, meaning the, the sixth defensive back, and who's going to play that position? And I was reading uh, an article from Wexel about a week or so ago, and and he's a longtime Steelers insider. He's r- written several books about them. He's covered them uh, for many different publications, and he was talking to Terrell Austin, the the secondary coach, and. He really wouldn't, you know, like most coaches, he wouldn't be, he wasn't really that forthcoming, but, you know, he definitely didn't dismiss the possibility of when they do go to dime, utilizing Mika Fitzpatrick in that role, you know, and not just as a strict uh, center fielder, free safety. And when you think about it, I mean, my God, who, who's, who's more uh, dangerous in that secondary and on that defense period than Mika Fitzpatrick. Yes. We know TJ Watts incredible. And he's going to, if he does sign his new deal, he's going to be the highest paid defensive player in the league. Certainly the highest paid non quarterback in the history of the Steelers. But I, I, I have no way of knowing this for sure, but Mika Fitzpatrick's probably that defender on the Steelers that the opposing coordinators and, and quarterbacks, uh, prepare for, like they prepared for Troy Polamalu. They, they, you know, they they have to know where Mickey Fitzpatrick is. They have to account for him on every single play. That's how good he is. So, 
when you do switch to like a, a dime defense and, and you need somebody to cover one of the four receivers, which is what, I guess, which is what the uh, dime defense is for. It's, it's when, when the opposing team uh, switches to you know, utilize a four receiver set, who's going to cover one of those four receivers? Well, who better than maybe the best safety in the league, an incredible athlete, a guy who can do so many different things. Um, and that would be Minka. So, Perhaps he's a possibility that few people are talking about as far as somebody who can play that dime back, uh, that, that dime linebacker, whatever you want to call it, dime defensive back, that six defensive back, or, if, you know. And, of course, if he does that, that means you have to have somebody that mans the uh, free safety position, and perhaps that that's where Trey Norwood comes in. People are talking about him as being a, a pretty heady player, pretty smart player. Um, you know, he just doesn't – he just didn't have – uh, enough attributes to be picked higher. So, but it doesn't mean he can't develop into something. So if he can develop to the point in his rookie year where he can man the deep safety position, play center field, so to speak, then maybe that, that opens up the possibility of using Fitzpatrick as more than, you know, in, in a more uh, important role for them. So that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Uh, I feel weird talking about that because I might not know exactly what I'm talking about and I might sound foolish. I don't know, but we'll see what happens. They certainly have a lot of uh, different pieces in that secondary that could be used in, in plenty of different roles. That's what it's kind of in vogue now with the, uh, the hybrid defender. I mean, you have somebody like Marcus Allen who can, who can possibly play uh, the same position as Mike Hilton uh, play inside linebacker. You play safety. Uh, Cam Sutton can play the slot. He can play outside. He can play safety. Terrell Edmonds, look, look how, they, how they utilize him. I mean, he's a, he's a strong safety, but he also has been uh, uh, taxed with um, tasks, I should say, with with covering tight ends in the last couple of years. And he's done a, a remarkable job in that, in that department. So that's the thing now. There's so many different um, – uh, players, it's not just about, you know, it used to be a guy was a uh, cornerback, safety, um, linebacker. Now it's everything is, there's so, so, so much emphasis on, on versatility. So it's, it, it's almost hard to say who can do what, or who's going to do what when the season starts and, and from week to week. So uh, it's, it's something to keep an eye on. Um, as far as the, uh, the, Rest of the defense, um, Stefan Tuit, as I mentioned earlier, he's gonna he, he was placed on the on the injured reserve list, and players placed on that uh, right after they make the, the final fifty three man roster, which obviously Tuit was gonna make the roster, but after that's finalized, you have to sit out three weeks. So um, uh, Tuit was dealing with a uh, obviously the loss of his brother the entire training camp. And uh, but apparently he was also dealing with some kind of knee injury. How serious it is, I don't know. But uh, so he's going to be out for a few weeks, and that's definitely something to be concerned about. However, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the deepest the deepest part of their team, arguably, is the defensive line. And of course, you have Hayward and Alualu, and, and they're you know incredible players. Um, and behind them, I mean, you have a lot of young guys that you, that you spent some the last couple of years developing. Uh, 
at least a couple of them, and Isaiah Bugs and Carlos Davis, they were lower round picks, but but there seems to be a uh, a belief that 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 they can um, turn into something. At least one one or two of those guys can do that. And of course, you you, you drafted Isaiah Loudermilk in what the fourth round or the fifth round this year. So those are three young guys right there that that maybe can benefit in a weird way from to its absence by getting more playing time. And who knows, maybe one of them will really um, impress. And of course you have Chris Wormley, who's the, uh, the veteran. I'm sure he's going to get, get a lot of reps too. So if, if you hate to see a player like to miss the first three weeks of the year, but I mean, again, if any position on a team can absorb the loss of a play, of, of a player for a few weeks, it's, 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 it's the defensive line. So, Yes, he's a big he's a big loss, but you know there's there's potential there for them to be able to to um, make up for his absence. You know you're not going to replace to it, but maybe you can you can come fairly close with a combination of a, of several different players. So we'll see how that plays out. And I can't believe how long I've rambled on. Uh, I was going to talk about some other stuff, but but instead of that, I think I'll close out tonight's show with some questions from the uh from the live chat and here's one from lumberzak who says of the recently released mondo he says hank mondo looks like the third guy behind to it when healthy and warmly yeah but i mean you know isaiah bugs i mean he looked pretty good in that last preseason game and, and i think carlos davis is i mean he might be the best athlete on that line the best pure athletes they have. So uh, again, maybe these guys can, uh, can really benefit from, from uh, being heavy, being in a heavy rotation into its absence. So we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> I love this one. It's pretty funny. Portna Quinba asks, how many minutes after we signed TJ Watt, can we cut Derek Watt, his brother? A lot of people think that that he's simply on the roster just to appease TJ Watt and and uh, and and make him happy and and entice him to, to to resign here. I don't know if that's true. Um, but the thing about about that is, uh, who was there? Who would be the who would, they would have to sign somebody else? I guess Trey Edmonds. Um, but my guess is Watt's going to be here. Derek Watt's going to be here for the. Uh, duration of the 2021 season barring injury so probably he'll probably be around for one more year but once they do get him under contract then uh uh meaning tj watt then it's bye bye Derek next year because i i don't know what value he adds to the team other than special teams. he's a great special teams player but i mean they seem to have plenty of those so we'll see And here's one from Evan Gullis, and this this is a, a good question. Should we be worried about the O-line, or do you think they will be fine? Well, yeah, there's definitely cause to be worried. I mean, it's 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 unlike the the the, the secondary, which was kind of like a forced overhaul, even though it's not a major overhaul, or, or, or I should say a total overhaul. It is a bit of a big overhaul. The offensive line overhaul, it, it's extensive, but it was all it's more organic. You know, you had Pouncey retiring. You knew Fowler was going to leave as a free agent. 
Villanueva, his play kind of declined over the last couple of years, and he was a free agent. And he, the chances of them resigning him were pretty slim, and they, he wound up with Baltimore. Uh, DeCastro, uh, nobody could really foresee that coming. Uh, the fact that him not uh, being able to, to shake his, uh, his, what, ankle injury. So they had to move on from him. So, and then, of course, Zach Banner, uh, who suffered the torn ACL last September, um, I think a lot of people, including me, were assuming he would be ready to go by the start of the year, and now he's on the IR. So, yeah, there's really there's definitely cause for concern. But at the same time, this was this was a a, a major overhaul that happened pretty much overnight. You know, it wasn't gradual. This was essentially all at once. You got rid of four guys that were you know starting last year, and, and you're starting over. Um, so, and, and, and one guy, the, the, the guy that that's remaining, you still don't know about him, meaning Shuk Sakura for, you don't know if he's going to be on the left, on the right, if he's going to lose his jo- starting job altogether and, and beat a swing tackle. Uh, you don't know. So yeah, there's pause, there's cause for concern because I'm excited about Dan Moore, the rookie, and he's apparently going to you know, at least it's, 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 it seems like it's, it's trending towards him starting the season as he's as, at left tackle, but he's, he's, he's still an unknown. Uh, we all love Kevin Dotson. I think he'll be fine at left guard. Kendrick green, you know, again, he's somebody we all love. We're all excited about, but, but he's just a rookie and he struggled a little bit, at least in the preseason. Uh, JC Hassenauer kind of looked like he improved. Um, this year and he showed it in training camp in the preseason, but, but he struggled mightily last year in the six games that he played. So you don't know uh, if, if, if it's, if it's an actual improvement or if he just benefited from playing against a bunch of second, third and fourth stringers in the preseason. So, you know, one of those two guys is likely going to be your starting center and they're both, you know, unproven and, and, and sort of unknowns. Trey Turner. uh, I think he's a decent veteran he's certainly not the player he used to be when he was a, a pro bowler with the panthers years ago um but i i think they'll be fine with him he'll be a uh a, a, you know a, a decent again a decent veteran uh, on the right side i mean is it going to be shooks uh he kind of struggled a bit last year on the right uh, right tackle um zach banner i mean people were Assuming that, that, that he's, you know, when he comes in and, and he's eventually healthy, he's just going to take that right tackle spot and 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 uh, not and not and not look back. But remember, this was a contest that was apparently the con- meaning the contest for the right tackle spot, the competition for the right tackle spot in twenty twenty in twenty twenty was apparently really really close between these two guys, and we saw how much Shuk struggled last year. So what does that say about Zach Banner? You know, and, and we've only seen him in, in what three three and a half quarters of play so far as a as a professional football player, starting at, at right tackle. So even when he does come back, it doesn't mean that he's gonna he's gonna take the bull by the horn, so to speak, and 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 just really uh, cement his 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 uh, position or his status as a starting right tackle. So yeah, there's definitely cause for concern, but I think we should have uh, expected that. You know, when you when you have such a massive overhaul like they did, you know, it's not going to be a, a, a seamless transition 
to your new starting five. You know, you had to know there, there were going to be growing pains. Uh, some players were going to underperform. Some were going to get hurt. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. So the, the question is, can they get it together? Can they find the, the right combination uh, sooner rather than later after the regular season starts? That's, that's, that's the question. Um, I'm not, I'm not um, like ready to, to write them off as far because I think there's a lot of talent on this line. I, I, again, I'm really excited about, about more and uh, Dotson's, I think he's this close to being a, a, a stud and uh, Kendrick green has, has a lot of potential. It's just a matter of, of uh, can they realize it? And if you, if you have three young guys who, who really become great professional uh, offensive linemen, well then that's, that's a, that, that's, a lot of the heavy lifting and then it's just a matter of, of, of filling in the gaps, so to speak. And, and, and that would be at right guard and right tackle. So yeah, there's reason to be concerned, but I don't think there's reason to panic just yet when it comes to the O-line. We'll see how it, how it unfolds before the start of the year. And even then. Let's see what else we have here. <laughs> Here's one from Dennis Sheridan, and he says, "If they put another inside linebacker on a receiver, I'm going to go down there and get in people's faces." Well, I think that would be warranted, Dennis, because it's happened a lot uh, over the last few years. But again, though, that's where that's where uh, you know you you have to find the right combination of uh, of defensive backs to to um offset you know to to make sure that doesn't happen. But at the same time. This is where this is why offensive coordinators get paid too, because they they're paid to create these kind of matchup mismatches, you know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you can blame Keith Butler for that, and he certainly deserves blame. But how much credit do you have to give the the the, the opposing coaches too for for devising game plans that that put these linebackers in, in these bad positions? So, you know, you know, it, it works both ways. All right. Devin Logan says, two and I'm praying can be okay, not just physically. I lost my brother two years ago. It was the hardest thing I ever felt. But uh, didn't want to face the world for a while after that. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine. I really knock on wood and whatever. I haven't experienced that kind of loss yet. Um, hopefully, I never have to when it comes to my siblings or anybody else that I'm close to that that's, you know, too young, but uh, yeah, I mean, you, you have to put yourself in their shoes. That's where empathy comes in. And uh, you know, imagine going to trying to go to work every day with such a, after suffer, after you're su suffering such a tragic loss in your family. I mean, you know, somebody like to who, you know, obviously makes an incredible living. I'm sure, I'm sure he has a lot of responsibilities in his family as anybody would who makes that kind of money um, with their family? So I'm sure a lot of the 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 burden, as far as like dealing with the, with the loss of the of his brother and the funeral and everything, I'm sure it fell on his shoulders. So you have that plus you have the grieving process, and then of course you know he's dealing with an injury. So yeah, you know it's not just something you you snap your fingers and then you're okay. You know it, it it's uh people talk about distractions, you know tweets, whatever. 
right? I think that's a bunch of malarkey and not to sound, not, not to really go crazy with my, one of my uh, swear words, but you know, TikTok, that's nothing. Like this is a, this is real life right here. This is a real life distraction. This is the kind of thing that, that, uh, you know, can really interfere with your, with your profession. So yeah, hopefully um, just, just for not even for a football thing, just for him as a person that he, he can find a way to, to deal with this and, and, and you can't really move on from anything like that, but, but learn to, to cope with it and, and, and live with it. So, all right. And on that note, I think I will, I think I will call it a night. I thank you guys for your questions and comments. Thank you for watching the show and hopefully you had a good time watching it. Hopefully I, I gave you some football insight that you didn't have before the show started. If not, well, I understand that too. But uh, I will talk to you on uh, on Monday on Labor Day with uh, Brian and, and, and Shannon on, on The Hangover. And uh, I hope you have a great Labor Day weekend. And uh, until I talk to you again, Go Steelers. Have a great weekend, everybody. Yeah, yeah.